Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick. 40 Days for Life is a community-based campaign that uses prayer and fasting, constant vigil, as well as life-affirming community outreach to help bring an end to abortion. 40 Days, a national ministry with worldwide outreach and a strong presence right here in Illinois. Sean Carney is the president and CEO of 40 Days for Life. And Sean, Illinois certainly needs 40 Days for Life with sweeping extreme pro-abortion legislation possibly on the fast track to becoming law. Yes, it does. And, you know, uh, we've been in Illinois for, for 10 years, and I've had the joy of going throughout every corner of, of the land of Lincoln, this beautiful state. And it's amazing. You know, the people here say, you know, there's Illinois and then there's Chicago. And visiting so many different places, I've learned that that's true. And you have such insane uh, laws, particularly regarding the unborn, and, and we see what's happened in New York, we see what's happened in Virginia, and now Illinois is, is throwing their hat in saying, yes, we want abortion through 40 weeks. It's absolutely unbelievable, and it's almost as if these states are competing with one another of who can do, who can have the most radical abortion laws on the books. Well, as you mentioned, Sean, New York has passed what accurately could be called an infanticide law, and members of the U.S. House want to expand abortion here at home and abroad. So do you need to do a rewrite of your book, The Beginning of the End to Abortion? (laughs) No, and really all of this is a reflection of a hatred of Donald Trump and a hatred for life. Some of the most powerful pro-life legislation that has been passed in, in states across America was done uh, during Barack Obama, who was the most pro-abortion president we've ever had in our history. And so the pro-lifers did this. We, we tried to get as much legislation done when, when we had somebody who supported abortion in office. Now that we have a president who is pro-life, uh, these states are reacting like this. I think it's too much too soon as far as even the people who support abortion think that this is insane. And so I'm hoping that this brings more awareness to the reality of abortion. You know, we don't we don't gain value. We don't get more dignity during gestation. We just grow. And if we say, you know, we're going to abort a baby at six weeks and then eight weeks and in 12 weeks and in 20 weeks and in 24 weeks, now they're saying, well, we should do it at 40 weeks. It shows the inconsistency of the abortion argument from the beginning. And I think what this is doing that is such a positive for the pro-life movement is it's giving humanity to the baby. And the baby at all stages. When Governor Northam is talking about letting a baby uh, be born, lay on a table, speak to the, the, the mother and the family and then decide what to do, it points to the reality that all the arguments used to support abortion do apply to infanticide and and do help justify infanticide. And that's where we're headed. I think it's a big wake-up call uh, for those who support abortion, uh, but it's certainly a wake-up call for those of us who are pro-life. 
Well, here in Illinois, not only do we have taxpayer-funded abortions now, but also they want to enshrine Roe versus Wade into state law. They want to make private health care insurance cover abortion, and they want to do away with parental notice of abortion. Yeah. Well, the reason they want to do that is because, and you mentioned the book, The Beginning of the End of Abortion, it's because we are seeing the beginning of the end of abortion at the grassroots, and they are getting hammered at the local level on hearts, minds, and alternatives. We see the pregnancy resource centers outnumber abortion providers five to one, and their response is not to go after hearts and minds. It's to make it law and to force it on the people. That's how abortion has survived in this country for 46 years. And so it's an expected response from them. It's just the most radical that they've ever pushed. And it's kind of lifting the veil about what abortion is all about. You alluded to it. It begs the question that everybody is forced to ask themselves when you're proposing that you can abort a baby when it's coming out of the birth canal. And that question is, when am I comfortable killing the baby? When am I comfortable seeing an abortion? What, what, what week, what day during gestation can I sleep at night knowing that a child will be aborted? And, you know, 40 weeks is waking people up. But, you know, when we want the baby, we, we don't, somebody, does, you don't have a relative tell you, I'm pregnant. And somebody say, well, how far, how, how many weeks? And they say eight. And you say, oh, well, I'll get excited when you're 24 weeks and the baby's viable. I mean, we don't, we don't respond like that. But with abortion, we do. We make the exception. And yet every baby, wanted or unwanted, has uh, intrinsic value and dignity. But it's all not uh, gloom and doom. President Trump has spoken strongly in favor of legislation that would ban late-term abortions. And we have states like Ohio and Iowa who are passing strong pro-life laws. Absolutely. I mean, we've here just where I live in Texas, we've gone from 44 abortion facilities to 23 in five years. You know, one of the largest states in the union. And so we are seeing a lot of great pro-life legislation come out. President Trump has been a very pro-life president, whether people love him or they can't stand him. He has been excellent on the abortion issue uh, for those that are for life. This is basic common sense that the abortion industry never stops. Once you cross that line and say that we have the autonomy and the power to take a life of a person who cannot defend themselves, once you cross that line, you're going to do it as, as much as the law allows. And Roe v. Wade does allow abortion through all nine months. It's just most of the states regulate it. New York, now Illinois, Virginia are saying, we don't want to regulate it. We want to have abortions the 39, 40, 41st week of gestation. And they're so scared that Roe versus Wade will fall. That, yeah. That's and, the impetus for all this. Yes. And so, I mean, you could step back. And everybody, you know, everybody's mad, everybody's outraged, and you should be. That, that's an appropriate response. But this wasn't going on five years ago. This wasn't going on two years ago. And I think that what we're saying, if you step back, is in some ways it's good that they feel they are so backed up in a corner that they have to propose. And even in Virginia, that was killed in committee. That bill, thank God. But... It may not be killed here in Illinois, and and it definitely was. It was celebrated and cheered in New York. But if this is what they feel reproductive rights and health care for women is about, it's going to wake a lot of people up who are in the middle and who are now thinking, well, 
when is abortion justified and when isn't it? And when you ask yourself that question and when you answer it, you are doing the epitome of playing God. Let me ask you this. I've heard some suggestions from pro-life people that we might be better off with Roe in place because states like Illinois and New York are enacting extreme anti-life legislation. Yeah, I would disagree with that because you have states where right now, including Texas, it's in the Texas Constitution, abortion's illegal. I mean, abortion by definition is illegal in Texas, but the federal law overrules it. And so what Roe v. Wade does, if and when, I believe it will be overturned in the next decade, when it's overturned, it sends everything back to the states. It sounds awfully familiar. And But is that a danger? No, because the states then have the right to, because it sends it back to the grassroots, which is the heart and soul of America. If we have the Supreme Court telling us who's a person and who's not, which they've done before, by the way, it caused a war, uh, then, then, then the people have no, it doesn't matter if you're uh, in, in, in Peoria, it doesn't matter if you're in Chicago, it doesn't matter if you're in Nashville or Houston or Flagstaff, that is forced upon you. And yet when you start at the local level, these states can ban it, and they have. I mean, the trigger law, which is what a lot of states have, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, there's 27 states that would, that would be abortion-free, and then, and then it starts state by state. And so I think to say Roe v. Wade is here to stay, we just need to get what we can get, I think that's coming from a position of, of weakness. This is Illinois Family Spotlight talking with Sean Carney with 40 Days for Life. When we come back, we're going to discuss a very important movie that's being released in theaters across the country. You're going to want to see it. You're going to want to support it. We'll do that right after this. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Martina Navratilova is a name familiar to the nation as the winner of Wimbledon singles titles nine times. But she's in the headlines today because she's a gay athlete who is now accused of running headlong into conflict with the moral revolutionaries. No, it's not about gay rights, but over transgender identity and modern sport. Late last year, Navratilova got in trouble by tweeting, you can't just proclaim yourself a female and be able to compete against women. After a major backlash, she says she went back to consider the issue to make sure she really understood what she was talking about. Now she's published a piece in the Sunday Times of London, The Rules on Trans Athletes Reward Cheats and Punish the Innocent. As she writes, quote, As I've gone into this with further detail and with further research, I believe in my position even more strongly, end quote. But the revolution has moved past her, and the LGBTQ activists now say she's on the wrong side of history. I'm Albert Moeller. Trans ideology is in our schools, government, churches, even our homes. We need to start taking some action in stopping this total madness. Join the Illinois Family Institute for our Trans Ideology Worldview Conference, Saturday, March 16th at Stone Church in Orland Park with Dr. Michelle Cretella, authors Denise Schick and Douglas Wilson, and Walt Heyer, a former transgender with encouragement for others. Let me help you realize who you are. The Illinois Family Institute Worldview Conference, biblical training for today's culture, 10 a.m. Saturday, March 16th at Stone Church in Orland Park. $20 per person, $50 per family. To attend, call 708-781-9328, 708-781-9328, or visit IllinoisFamily.org. 
This is Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here with Sean Carney, the president of 40 Days for Life. Big things happening with 40 Days for Life. You've got another big 40 Days for Life challenge coming up. Yes, the 40 Days for Life campaign happens every fall and spring, and this spring, Starting on March the 6th, we'll have our largest campaign ever in 377 cities uh, in over 20 different countries. And so people can go to 40daysforlife.com and sign up to peacefully pray outside of their, their local abortion facilities. You have a big presence here in Illinois? Yes, all throughout Illinois. You just go to the map and click on Illinois and go to your local vigil. There'll be a lot going on in Obviously, I can say this even though I'm from Texas, it's cold. (laughs) The spring campaign is not really spring here in Illinois and Minnesota and Wisconsin. And so it's a huge sacrifice. And I always tell folks, per campaign, we always see more babies saved in the spring and in the winter when it's colder than in the fall when it's, it's most of the time it's decent weather. And so the women see you, the men see you, they know that it's cold and they respond. We've, We've seen that year in and year out. Here in Illinois, life activists will be gathering in our state capital, Springfield, to challenge pro-abortion laws, and we certainly need a 40 Days for Life presence there. We need to be in prayer. Judges change, courts change, politicians and presidents change, but this battle will ultimately be won on our knees. This is one of of hearts and minds. The pro-life movement at large is a religious movement. It's not something we should apologize for, but it's very much like the civil rights movement. It's very much like the abolitionists who saw the immorality of what's going on, and that was their fuel. And so prayer is our fuel we have to keep going, and we, we see that reflected. You know, uh, when, when we're praying and when we're working at the grassroots, it will be reflected in our politicians. And it's good that folks are actually going to be on hand in Springfield to let these lawmakers know that there are a lot of people who value life. There are, and you know, that's one of the reputations being from Texas, Illinois just gets lumped in with, with Chicago, and it's like New York and New York City, and that's just unfair. I know a lot of great pro-life heroes throughout Illinois and New York, and you know, their, their state, your state, uh, has been hijacked by a bunch of crazy people when it comes to the abortion issue. There's just no other way to say it. You know, there's a line in the sand where, where you know, they're sitting here debating as if they're, they're picking a place to go eat for, to, for lunch. You know, they're debating if you can kill a baby at 40 weeks as the mother is delivering it. It's just absolutely unbelievable. And I think it, as an American, it breaks all of our hearts, this being uh, the land of Lincoln. It, it, and everything he stood for, and of course he famously said that it, it would not be a foreign power, that we would destroy ourselves from within. And that was his fear. And we are certainly doing that with abortion. We are literally killing our future. How true. Well, taxpayers continue to fund Planned Parenthood and the abortion giant helped to elect pro-abortion candidates in Illinois and around the nation. They seem to be winning right now, but there is a new roadblock in their path to victory. A movie is being released that is short in form, transform hearts and minds about abortion. It's called Unplanned. It's called Unplanned. And, you know, the best tool we have in this is the truth. And Unplanned tells the truth. It's the beautiful story based on Abby Johnson's book of her conversion in 2009. I knew Abby for eight years when she worked at Planned Parenthood. We had many discussions through the fence. 
And, you know, when she had a change of heart after witnessing a live abortion, she walked right into my office and now is one of those powerful voices for the unborn, unplanned. Uh, the book is, I believe, the best-selling pro-life book of all time. Uh, it's the best pro-life book, in my opinion, and I've written two pro-life books, but Unplanned, is you can give that to anybody. It's a beautiful book. The movie's fantastic. They stick to the book. It was uh, produced and directed by the guys that wrote uh, God's Not Dead. They had a $7 million come in to make the movie. Uh, they had some some great people get behind it, guys that helped with The Passion of the Christ and guys that helped with God's Not Dead. So the movie will be distributed uh, nationally in 800 theaters, over 800 theaters on March the 29th. And I encourage everybody to go see it. This is the definitive movie on abortion by far. You had these discussions with Abby Johnson. Tell me about her. <laughs> well, you know, with Abby, you never, you always knew where you stood. So some days she comes in and they have this in the movie where she's, she's sweet and we could tell she was different. You know, some of her other co-workers, her boss was, they were certainly bitter, um, fallen away Christians, angry. It was written all over their face. Uh, but Abby at times was sweet. At other times she would give us the middle finger and tell us to get lost. Uh, but we, we always prayed for her and we were always there. And I think one thing that helped, you know, both my wife and I and, and a lot of the other staff that were uh, in, in her community in Texas, you know, we were her, we were her age. So she, you know, she couldn't, she couldn't take us too seriously. And I think that that relationship that built over time, you know, she was open. She was open to changing. And Abby's story reflects what's going on right now, which is the conversion gate on this issue only swings in one direction. You don't have women that run pregnancy centers and have five kids and go to church every Sunday, wake up and be 55 years old and realize they were supposed to be running a Planned Parenthood abortion facility. Those people aren't on the speaking circuits and they don't have books. And so it's but, a beautiful story. But Abby's not alone. She's not. And what makes her story so unique for us is that she ran the Planned Parenthood where 40 Days for Life first began, the one in College Station, Texas. And since then, 40 Days for Life has gone to Eight, 816 cities in, in 56 different countries, but she was, she was my Planned Parenthood director, you know, this is local. And she was the 26th out of 186 abortion facility workers who have had a change of heart and leave their jobs. Abby was the 26th one that we helped, but she ran the Planned Parenthood where the campaign started. And so it's been a beautiful thing to be a part of and now she's helped hundreds of workers uh, leave the abortion industry. What kind of pushback are you getting to the unplanned movie from Planned Parenthood? Well, it, it's, it's very predictable, and that is that it's propaganda and pro-life nonsense and all of this. The thing that's different about unplanned is that it is true. And they, name, they talk about Planned Parenthood directly. The dialogue is directly from her book. I know that I had so many encounters with Planned Parenthood staff, and that's in the book, conversations that we had. And so it's accurate. And they show two abortions. The one thing Planned Parenthood won't do is talk about the abortion procedure itself. They live in a world of rhetoric where you have no idea what they're discussing. But the procedure itself, which is what changed Abby's heart, that's, you know, they show an RU486 chemical abortion, which Abby had and they show a surgical abortion, which converted Abby. And it's a, it's a rated R movie. This is not a, you know, some people say, is it a cheesy Christian movie? And it, it's a beautiful conversion story, but it's an intense movie. 
and it, it, it shows the reality of what we're dealing with, but it does so in an entertaining way, and in a, you know, it's a good movie. You're not cringing watching it. It's very well done. You say it's rated R. Uh, that's because of the, the abortion procedures, but is this something you should take a kid to? No, no, and I have seven children, and so, uh, you know, my wife and I are depicted in the movie, but there's uh, my two oldest, 13-year-old and 12-year-old, they couldn't watch the whole thing. They could see parts of it. And it's because of um, the, the reason it got rated R, which in a lot of ways is very good that they, because it's the content is what they said, which uh, that makes abortion rated R, which is an accurate depiction. So uh, it's for blood and it's for graphic you know, content. There's not any bad cussing or anything like that in it. But it's, uh, it, I would not take children to see it. And, you know, I've been working with these guys for four years. They, 40 Days for Life is all over the movie. It's a, it's a great billboard for 40 Days for Life. And I was surprised when I saw it last Thanksgiving how intense it was. And I immediately realized, well, I couldn't take my kids. You want to see unplanned in really thousands of theaters across the uh, nation. How does that happen? It's great. I mean, these guys went out and they got distribution in the 800 theaters and everything boils down to the opening weekend. And that was the case with The Passion of the Christ. That was the case with God's Not Dead. And I know 40 Days for Life, we have theaters, hundreds of theaters, just rented out on the Thursday night going into the opening weekend. The opening day is March the 29th. And so people need to go. They need to go and they need to take their friends. And, and what happens is, based on how much money each theater makes, it spreads to more theaters, so it could easily go from 800 to 1200 to 1800 in a span of three weeks. It doesn't take a lot. We just have to go the opening weekend. Do you need money for the distribution? No, they got distribution. People can rent theaters. If they want to rent a theater, they can definitely do that, and they can go to unplanned.com and, and buy a theater. If you want a theater through 40 Days for Life, we have a lot of people donating to 40 Days for Life. Uh, they're, they're giving tax-deductible gifts to help with the marketing of the movie and, and with filling theaters. And so uh, if you want a theater in your town, you can give to 40 Days for Life, and we'll get you set up. Should you call the theater and say, hey, I'd like to see this movie? Definitely. It's a great thing to do. It's a great thing to do. And, and actually, you know, on the very positive side of this, we've gotten a great response from the theaters, uh, from Cinemark, from AMC. You know, it, it really, I think they discovered they had some pro-life friends in Hollywood they didn't expect. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you do, never hear that. Well, do tell. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> well, I imagine church groups should try to, to get to this. Absolutely. When you call your theater, say, hey, I want to show it on Thursday night. Can we buy, can we buy a screen on Thursday night? And they're almost always going to let you do it. And then it's private. You can bring your, your, uh, your high school. You can bring your church group. You can, you can fill it. It is a very uplifting movie, as intense as it is. But it's also a story about family. I mean, Abby's parents didn't want her working there. Abby's husband didn't want her working there. Something I never knew. Knowing her eight years at Planned Parenthood, I thought they were all crazy liberals from Illinois, right? <laughs> but, but they weren't. They were good God-fearing folks, and I didn't know that. A former it's, crazy liberal here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with all due respect to our wonderful crazy liberal friends. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it really was. It, it, uh, it, it's a beautiful story of family. We all have this. This isn't us and them. This is in every family. We've had 62 million abortions in our country. This has impacted every family. Unplanned cuts through all the screaming and the talking points and all that and goes to what's at the heart of this issue.
it gets to the heart of the issue with what's happening, and we've alluded to this, on the scene right here in our country, right here in Illinois, hearts are changing. And this is one part of changing the dynamics of the whole abortion issue, the unplanned movie. It really is. It changed the whole dynamics of just looking at, you know, what, what are we doing? If a Planned Parenthood employee of the year can have a change of heart, than anybody can. And there's something very powerful about a movie. And these two guys, Chuck and Carrie, who who made this movie, had a passion for this. They have participated in 40 Days for Life in Los Angeles. And you see that in the movie. They definitely get the vigil. And it's a very accurate in the movie. But they understand that it's about hearts and minds and that it, you have to go to the grassroots. And Abby's story is a beautiful vehicle to show that reality. The abortion industry has the big money. They have the politicians, they have the media, but we have God who hears our prayers. We have the truth, mm -hmm. and we have unplanned. We do, and it's a very powerful movie. We also have the people. There are not pro-abortion people marching in the streets at the local level. They have put all their eggs in Washington, D.C. Uh, they have consolidated themselves to major cities. 93% of U.S. counties do not have an abortion provider. They are losing at the grassroots, and I really commend these guys for making Unplanned, having the courage to make Unplanned. And one of their funniest quotes to this whole process is, no one who loved us told us to do this. <laughs> so they have had to overcome a lot in, the, in that industry to get this movie out. So let's support it. Get out there and, and go see the movie March 29th. At a theater near you, Sean Carney, tell us once again how people can get involved with the Unplanned movie and with 40 Days for Life. Well, for Unplanned, they can go to 40daysforlife.com slash movie. That's the easiest thing, 40daysforlife.com slash movie. You can also get there on our, on our homepage, 40daysforlife.com. And so you can go, you can host a theater, you can sponsor a theater for somewhere else, and it, it's very powerful. That's what we need. That's the name of the game right now is theaters. We've got to fill theaters. All right. You've been told to do that, so let's do that, folks. Uh, thank you, Sean, for joining us here and talking about what's happening in Illinois and the nation and about this great new movie, Unplanned. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.